dairy farmers are getting rich right now, right? Uh, not so fast. Yes, milk prices are up. But you need to understand the reasons why and that there's maybe a little bit more to the equation than just the price you get for your milk. There's also that input cost, a little inconvenient detail. Welcome to the Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790 on your Saturday morning. Glad you're here with us and joining me on the phone is uh, former Whatcom County, now Skagit County dairyman, Dwayne Faber. Dwayne, welcome to the program. I I know you follow the markets very closely as well as the context behind why things are doing what they're doing in the market. So explain what's been happening over the last few months with the uh, never-ending roller coaster ride that you guys are on uh, producing milk you bet good morning dylan thanks for having me on today i appreciate appreciate the invite so yeah you, you alluded to it earlier but it's absolutely a story of input costs screaming higher uh, we're seeing corn futures up to about six dollars and 36 cents a bushel we've got soybeans that are in yeah 14 and a half 1470 per bushel and and these are yeah six-year highs on on the grains and a lot of that was, it seems like China's been coming to the U.S. and been buying up all the inventory they could over the last, basically, year in preparation for who knows what. That's open for speculation. Mm-hmm. But we've seen a real drive up on input costs. Uh, you couple that also with declining heifer numbers. USDA came out and said that heifer numbers have been dropping. And that's been a response to low milk prices for the last three, four, five years. And so there's fewer heifers being raised. More and more dairy farmers were using uh, beef semen and breeding uh, their dairy cows to beef and and hoping to capture a little more value on on the bull calf that's born out of that. And so we're starting to see basically the the heifer supply catch up to where it needs to be and where it should be. And and in response to that, milk production has been dropping month over month. And so even though milk prices uh, have been increasing there's certainly good reason for that both on the input side and then also a reduction in in the milking cow herd but also the replacement herd so something is happening now that has needed to happen for a long time is is what you're saying and 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 that goes back to you know the old joke which is hey um dairy prices are down put on more cows Uh, dairy prices are up put on more cows that's been the answer every time for what decades now but you're saying finally that's been turned on its head it certainly seems like we're we're in a bit of a paradigm shift and and for years we've been trying to get cow numbers down but the dairy farmer is too good at producing animals we love to see beautiful animals walking in the herd and so we see a nice cow and a lot of farmers we struggle to to breed that cow to a to a beef animal and and turn it into a beef calf and so we want a new calf out of that another heifer calf and it's gotten so easy to make uh, dairy cows that we've kind of flooded the market with animals and and that now is is starting to reverse itself self and starting to shift again so it'll be interesting to see the response as we go through a, a more a little a little bit more of a profitable time um 
And, and like you said, inputs have, have gone up, but actually a lot of dairy farmers, if they're in a position where they've been able to grow a lot of local forages, local grass and corn, they'll, they'll be able to weather this fairly well. And, and $20 milk, $21 milk is, is actually a good price still, even with the elevated input costs. And so we're hopeful for this year. Uh, we're hopeful that things uh, things will be well. Like the, Speaking of dairy farmer axioms, the dairy farmer always says the best two years in dairy farming was 1970 and next year. And... <laughs> We keep hoping, we we keep hoping for next year, and and it, it it's looking entirely possible that that this year is is finally next year. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Skagit County Dairyman Dwayne Faber with us on the Farming Show this morning on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Save Family Farming and Whatcom Fa uh, Family Farmers talking about all issues farming. It's been a while since we've talked about what's going on in the, in the dairy markets. And, you know, there are a lot of rough times, but a lot of kind of strange times, too, with the pandemic. Um, we haven't touched on that here, Dwayne. Is, is that really what's driving some of this weirdness um particularly on the input costs uh we, we're, we're constantly hearing about supply chain problems is, is that in the the dairy input world as well having a hard time getting a product to to feed animals absolutely 2020 was a really kind of weird year for the dairy industry because the government came out and and trump came out in particular with the uh, food box program and so the food box program went out and purchased a, a vast amount of cheese and, and gave it away in their food box program and it created a huge disparity in the market where the class uh, class three or the cheese market was at 23 dollars per hundredweight and the class four which is actually a market that more resembles the market that the local farmers here in western washington produce uh, into the butter powder market, it was down at $14, $15. And so you had this weird divergence between the classes of milk and depending on who you shipped your milk to or where you were sending your milk, your pay price could have could have really been almost 100% difference. There, there was there were people getting $15 for their milk while other, other farmers were getting $23 for their milk. And so it created this, this government weird di disparity between the two classes of milk. Uh, we've kind of rebounded from that, and actually, there's uh, the market's responded to a higher class three cheese price by farmers going out and building new cheese plants, and so a lot of the new infrastructure going in has now been to produce cheese, and and the pendulum has swung back the other way, and so now we have too much cheese in the <laughs> butter powder market, which uh. was kind of the redheaded stepchild of the of the milk market, is now the one that's a little more elevated. And so it's funny to see the, the, the movement back and forth in and out of these classes and, and the market that responds really quickly to changing demand and yeah. changing consumer demand. Um, it's, it's really kind of kind of interesting to watch. And but then again, on the on the farm gate level, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're experiencing the same supply chain issues that everybody's seeing. We're, we're seeing that input costs are going up and and a lot of parts that we need for tractors are a little more difficult to find there's even some medicines for cows that have been in short supply and mm. and being rationed a little bit and so we're, we're trying to navigate all of these uncertainties and and it's going to take a while for it to to straighten out we're still hearing reports of 
ports being shut down in China as China's trying to navigate their COVID situation over there and taking kind of a zero COVID policy, zero person COVID policy. Right. And it's really impacting supply chains and, and really kind of showing the vulnerability of supply chains as a, a lot of the manufacturers and equipment dealers even too have gone to lean manufacturing or just in time uh, delivery because they don't yep. want to have a whole bunch of products sitting in inventory and sitting in a massive expensive warehouse. And, and that's created all of these, these shortages when, because you don't have that backup and that supply. This is the farming show on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop talking with Skagit County dairyman and, uh, Washington state dairy federation board member, Dwayne Faber here on the program talking about the price of milk. Yes, it's up, but yes, there's more to the story. Um, you, you touched on this a little while ago, Dwayne. Uh, you talk about input costs and you talk about grain and, you know, corn's up and soybeans are up. But really, we we grow a lot of the food that we feed our dairy cows here in the Pacific Northwest, right? Well, what's the breakdown there? How, how big of an Im- impact is that when, you know, these grain prices are up when, you know, we grow a lot of corn and grass and, you know, forages and whatnot here in the Pacific Northwest to feed animals? Yeah, certain parts of the country, I think in particular of, of parts of California, where they've got a vast amount of cows on not much of not much land, right? And and dairies like that are incredibly vulnerable because fifty percent of a milk check goes towards the feed cost portion uh, of the operation. And so for us here in the Pacific Northwest, we're actually known less as dairymen and more as farmers because we have that relationship with the land and with growing crops. And uh, for us here in the Pacific Northwest, probably 50 to 60 percent of the feed that we feed the cows is locally grown, whether that is corn or grass silage or even cold potatoes or cold Brussels sprouts or broccoli. There's a lot of these foodstuffs that would normally get thrown out that we're actually taking and feeding dairy cows and upcycling them and turning them into protein that uh, is more readily available to humans and and stuff that is taken out of landfills and and reduces actually the the methane output of landfills. And so this is one of the sustainability stories that the dairy industry has, particularly locally. And quite frankly, it pays off in a year like this year where where feed costs do go up and we're able to mitigate some of those purchased feeds with local homegrown feeds and feedstuffs. That that being said, we did see the limitations of local forage crops to feed animals in the wake of that flooding disaster, uh, primarily here in Whatcom County, even though I know you folks were affected in Skagit as well back in November, uh, because, hey, um, the plant, the, the EPL plant in Sumas uh, had, uh, I heard, anywhere from four to six feet or more of water in it. It was shut down. All those other ingredients that farmers aren't growing themselves here locally were unavailable and suddenly it was a little scary how are we going to keep these cows healthy and and keep them producing um so that is a part of the mix how how much how much did the flood situation that feed situation um affect you folks and how much of that is, is is still a factor now yeah, to their credit, a lot of the local feed companies work together and, and help fill in some of the gaps that the, 
certain companies were experiencing. Uh, some were affected more than others. And so there was, I mean, some great work being done as, as, as far as coordinating and bringing stuff in from further out. There were trucks that had to make the trip over to eastern Washington and bring feed in. But for us in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of feed comes out of Canada and particularly the canola feed. We feed a lot of canola that comes out of British Columbia. And as you know, those supply chains literally got cut off and they were week, 10 days out before that started uh, that started coming back again. The, fortunately, I mean, in all of the turmoil and tragedy of it, the good news is uh, when there's that much dependent on the rail system to get to the port of Vancouver, there was a massive priority put on reestablishing those rail lines. And so that did happen. And so that was good for us here locally as they were able to get things online probably quicker than, than, than in most places. And so for, for now, it seems like a lot of that, uh, those, those shortcomings have been made up and, and those feedstuffs are making their ways to the dairies. And we haven't been able to, or we haven't had any issues here locally outside of that probably two, three week window. Okay. So things have pretty much gotten back to normal as far as being able to get your hands on the feed that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the crisis part of it is is over for sure. Have you heard from anybody that had feeding issues that, that may be seeing longer term health problems? Uh, anybody who had, you know, I, I know you had folks in your neck of the woods who lost a lot of animals. Thankfully, that wasn't too much of the story here in Whatcom County, but there were a lot of animals that, you know, were in water, walking in water. That's not good for their health. Um, thankfully, that was only for a few days, uh, generally with what happened but there was concern at that time about long-term health impacts from from feed issues and water issues are you hearing any of that out there as it stands now it seems a lot of that has been alleviated uh, there were a couple individuals that were struck down were struck pretty hard by flooding and and there was some loss of cattle like you said but the industry really banded together the industry really helped each other out they there was donations of cattle there was donations of feed of time of equipment well, I mean, we work in an amazing industry, and, and anytime there is one member of the industry that's hurting, it seems like the industry as a whole bands together and helps them out. And so the the individuals that were impacted the most, it looks like they're coming through it just fine, and they're coming out on the other side uh, with, with a lot of support from the community, and, and they'll get through it financially uh, just fine. And so it was it was beautiful to see that. It's beautiful yeah. to be part of a community where, where people do band together. I think a lot of us... Uh, yeah, it's not it's not an easy industry, but we certainly do our best to to help each other out in a time of crisis and in a time of need. Dwayne Faber is with us on the farming show right now. He's a Skagit County dairyman, and uh, we're talking about the price of milk and the price of, you know, the other side of the price of milk is always the price of the input uh, costs, uh, the the feed that animals eat, and and other things that they need as well, uh, and all the other pieces that uh, you need to keep a farm running, right down to things like fuel and equipment and and all of that. You know, we have talked for a long time, Dwayne, uh, about in the farming community about how we are price takers, not price makers, and that when costs go up, we can't, we don't have a mechanism really to pass those along to consumers. Is that what's finally happening here to a degree because of the costs? I mean, that's that's the way it sounds like you're explaining it. Um, but at the same time, does that go counter to what we've talked about for so long about the difficulty, you know, the, about the market signals um, from an industry like farming? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. You're you're seeing the market respond to a period of unprofitability. 
and and it's what we needed for a long time that the farmers needed that period of reprieve where there was a margin in in the milk industry and it looks like it's it's coming back uh, fortunately for a lot of dairy farmers there are tools available where they they don't have to necessarily be a price taker they can go out on the futures market and and lock in the price of their milk you can go out 12 months now and essentially guarantee yourself a 21 dollars milk price and tools like that are great for farmers and and while you can't necessarily go out to the market and name any price you want the futures market and some insurance programs allow you to protect those margins when they are there. The unfortunate part is for a lot of the last several years, there wasn't those margins there to protect. The market didn't go out and offer super profitable prices. But right now we're, we're looking at some of those and it's looking like this may be an opportunity to go out and, and purchase some insurance programs or go out and just just flat out sell your milk forward contract it to, to lock in some of these better prices. So bottom line here is yes milk prices are up yes there's also more to the story that it's not just all pure profit that costs are up as well but at least here in the pacific northwest there is the ability for farmers to kind of well oftentimes it's dig themselves out of holes that they've been in for you know through low price times of late um maybe get ahead a little bit actually make some money doing this rather than scrape by and and just barely break even uh is that you know thankfully the position that a, a lot of farmers are are in right now here Absolutely. That's a great synopsis, right? For a lot of years, uh, we call it living under depreciation, where the farmer is going out and they're not going and fixing the stalls that need to be fixed. They are not don't have the, the funds to go out and fix the barn like it should. They can't replace the tractor like that, that needs to be replaced. And a lot of it is just band-aiding the operation together just because the, the margins aren't there and the, the money's not there. And, and this is a year that will allow farmers to go and make those needed capital improvements as well as pay down operating lines with the bank and, and get themselves in a better fiscal position and, and set themselves up to weather the next downturn because the next downturn is always right around the corner. Yeah, and and that is the reality of it too. If you go out and think, hey, we're cutting a fat hog, we're going to go spend all this money and you don't uh, start squirreling some of it away, uh, it, you know, the, the next dip on the roller coaster could could be brutal for you. For sure. Absolutely right. Yep. No, it's all about positioning yourself for for the next downturn because it's uh, the sun's shining, shining now, but it's not uh, guaranteed to be there forever. Dwayne Faber, dairyman down in Skagit County with us here on the Farming Show this morning. Dwayne, thanks for checking in, filling, filling us in on uh, what's really going on in the world of, of dairy and, and what uh, folks are able to do right now. You bet. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate the invite, and thanks for all you guys do with Safe Family Farming. You guys do great work, and keep it up. We appreciate it.